Welcome, Rinkrats, to another Blackhawks Hockey Rinkcast, sponsored by PuckHockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Remember to use the discount code THERINK to get 10% off. Uh, today is Wednesday, December 13th, 2017, and this is Episode 7. I am Jeff Osborne, better known as Burrito As Big As Your Head Athlete Gatekeeper. <laughs> What's up, jerks? I am joined by my good friend, co-host, and Krispy Kreme athlete, John Jekyll. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello. Seriously, these potato heads have to be the unsexiest mob of all time. <laughs> and we are your trusted sources at your newest hockey hangout, the-rink.com. So here we are. Um, we wanted to get together, get a little bit of Blackhawks talk in for this week. Uh, the Blackhawks are 3-0 and since we last recorded, so everything's fixed, right? Well, that's what they tell us, anyway. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's what the uh, the un, the unwashed uh, masses have told us is that they're they're magically fixed. Um, but uh, before that, um, I think uh, I'm I'm gonna read off. We actually had a new review, and uh, we have a new tool, so we can actually see reviews internationally or domestically, which is kind of a kind of a problem. Before uh, iTunes is weird like that. If you get an international review you don't get to see it without having some kind of special tool to do that. I know it's production meeting on, on error, but um, so basically this, uh, this review is, uh, was from where's Hosa on December 8th. And it's a, and it's entitled heavy shots from and to the point and five stars it says by far the best Blackhawks podcast, no sweet talk player kiss arse and analysis. Just the cold, stone cold truth. I hope Rocky Wirtz and John McDonough are subscribers, which I can pretty much guarantee you they're not. But uh, thank you, Where is Hosa, for your review and uh, your five stars. Uh, anyone else no wants stars? What's that? No kiss stars. Wait. Yeah. What else? What was the thing before that? It was uh, no sweet talk and player kiss arse analysis. I, th- I think they just didn't want to put ass in there, so they just. They they put it oh, in there the UK way. analysis. Yeah, you're right about that, yeah. my friend. Yeah. So thank you, thank you for that. For that, uh, any of any of you out there that want to uh, go to iTunes and you want to take a minute out of your day and you can figure out how to uh, put a review on there, we would appreciate that because that'll help us move up the rankings and be introduced to new people. Or if you just want to share the podcast on Twitter uh, with your friends or on Facebook with your friends. Uh, we would appreciate that too. So, uh, I think, uh, coming out of the blocks, I, you got, uh, you want to take the newest additions to the website? You want yeah, to? Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, yes, rank rats Our uh, our goal from the very start of, uh, starting up the rank.com was to build a, um, sort of a 360 degree, um, coverage of in terms of writers of all subjects on hockey. Um, cause that's, that's kind of our, our brand is to go deep and, uh, to go, to go wide. Um, and, uh, so we, you know, in addition to, uh, you know, our, our sort of, um, inaugural, uh, writers, uh, Mario Tirabasi, who covers the AHL and the Rockford Ice Hogs and Aaron Goldschmidt, who covers the NCAAs. We added coach Bob Rose. Um, we are, uh, 
uh, rumored to have added uh, Bill Playsec to cover uh, prospects, but uh, Bill gives new uh, new meaning to the term parts unknown. <laughs> um, but we're hoping to hear from him before the draft. And um, Jake Martin. And uh, Jake Martin, uh, uh, a great uh, feature writer, a guy with a lot of talent and uh, has some really good insights. Um, we've gotten a lot of good feedback on him. And, uh, you know, we we sort of have put the, the net out to, to get some people to help us out with various things. And we came up with this uh, young gentleman, and I use that term loosely, from uh, the University of Wisconsin-Madison named Dan Newman. And uh, Dan is, Dan's really impressed us with his uh, his desire to be a writer and um, his passion. Um, and uh, we're sort of uh, buffing off his rub ed- uh, rough edges and... Uh, um, you know, working with him to develop his craft. And uh, he, he put up his first piece yesterday, a really nice piece on the uh, the Blackhawk fourth line this year. And uh, he did a nice job of digging into some statistics, support his arguments. So Dan's part of the group now, and he'll be, he'll be contributing from time to time. And then uh, yesterday, Gate and I were talking, and we kind of both at the same time um, arrived at an idea for a writer to cover Europe for us, a guy who um, – both of us have been communicating with um, via social media for a number of years. Um, he goes by uh, Manifold at Manifold Glue on the Twitter, um, but his real name is Martin Ternqvist. And Martin, if you're listening, I hope I got that, uh, that Swedish <laughs> pronunciation correct. I'm glad you um, took that one because I would have butchered it. Twenty five percent Scandinavian uh, ancestry, or so they they tell me on um, uh, myancestry.com. Um, anyway, uh, but I digress. So Martin Ternqvist is uh, going to be covering um, the Swedish Elite League for us and Hawk Prospects in Sweden, as well as uh, some of the other leagues um, up there in the uh, in the uh, uh, cold uh, climates of Scandinavia. So we're really excited. I mean, again, this is just part of an ongoing thing for us. We're going to keep adding more people. We're looking for writers to cover uh, junior hockey. OHL, QMJHL, WHL, USHL. We're looking for writers to cover um, the salary cap and uh, you know the economics of the game uh, because we're you know our goal is to really to offer um, you know just the, the most complete, comprehensive coverage of hockey that you could pretty much get anywhere. Um, and uh, you know we're still working through a lot of things. We're still sort of buffing off our own rough rough edges as a website, but. Uh, that's the direction we're going in, and uh, we're very excited about it. Did you say buffing off? Uh, phrasing. Off. <laughs> hey, phrasing! <laughs> yeah, well, some, of us, are, some yeah. of us are better at buffing off than others. <laughs> so we're just done with phrasing, right? That's not a thing anymore? <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So welcome to uh, Dan or Daniel and uh, Martin. Uh, we thank you, you know, for for coming on and uh, helping us out and, uh, you know, be, being open-minded and willing to uh, be part of this ragtag team that we have here. But uh, it, I think in the end, it's going to shape up real nicely. You know, we're, we're not, we, we're not going, we're not just taking on a bunch of people who are going to be doing, you know, a bunch of random things. We're kind of letting people focus on their expertise. Yes. Per se. And, and uh, speaking of which, one other thing I want to add. Um, so I was, um, I was, uh, working in my, uh, in my day job. And, uh, I, I got a text your from Coach Bob Rose. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Coach Bob Rose had sent me a, a video that he recorded, um, with a little quick, um, one minute, uh, playing tip 
And uh, it was basically the, the gist of it was that, you know, when you get first get on the ice, if you're a righty shot, you should take your stick and, and carry it like a lefty and, and work with it, work with it like as though you're shooting left handed. Um, and what that does is it kind of um, sort of challenges your, your, your nerves and your, um, your neural grooves. Um, and sort of wakes you up. And, and then when you put the stick back in your natural hand, which would be your right hand in this case, um, you just feel so much better and, and so much more coordinated. And um, I was actually sharing that with some of the, the kids I coach uh, last night. And it was it was really great to see about 10 of them out there on the ice warming up that way. And, um, you know, they said they said when they put the stick back in their natural hands, they, they just felt like their hands were alive and, and they were really in control and able to do a lot of a lot of things. So um, we're going to be we're going to be putting those um, uh, tips up from Bob as they come. These video tips, we're calling them knowledge nuggets. They're actually housed on the website on the right hand side of, I believe, the main page. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, if you know, if you're like we always say with Bob's stuff, if you're a player, if you are a parent, if you are a coach, um, check these things out because Bob, um, you know, Bob's background is, um, he has studied with Tim Turk, who is arguably, um, the best shooting coach in North America. He's coached Steve Stamkos among others. And, and Stamkos alone is sort of, um, you know, the ultimate endorsement for a shooting coach. And, and Bob is really on the cutting edge, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, shooting and, and the hands aspect of hockey, um, you know, for players. So, um, we're really, really proud and excited to, to have Bob's content on our site. And again, it's part of what we're doing to go really, really deep on hockey beyond just, you know, game recaps and that sort of thing. We do those too, but, uh, ultimately this, this site is going to be a hockey destination, um, uh, for those who really have a passion for the, for the actual game. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, uh, that's funny you bring it up. It's kind of a nice segue, uh, because, uh, I had not set up a YouTube page or anything like that for the site um, because we just didn't have any video content. So this kind of like literally came together overnight or, or over a couple of hours with Bob sending us the video. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, it, it all came to me. I'm like, oh, we got to put this up on the site. So we went up, we put I put it up on the site. I created a YouTube page. So and uh, and actually calling it Knowledge Nuggets just was basically me just coming off the to- again off the top of my head with this. So uh, we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to continue to post them on the YouTube page. So if you want to go, the YouTube page doesn't have an address yet because it hasn't existed for 30 days. Uh, it has an address, but not a, a custom address. So uh, you can look up, you know, Bob Rose or The Rink on uh, YouTube. You can add it. You can subscribe to it. And then if you, uh, anytime we put a video up, um, it, the newest one will go up on the website, but all the old ones will continue to stay in uh, the Knowledge Nuggets playlist and you can go back and watch all of them as, as much as you'd like. So that's uh, just more, you know, more content, be it video, audio, whatever, that uh, we're trying to bring the fans. Uh, we hope you all enjoy it as much as we do. So, so um, I think with all that uh, house cleaning and stuff aside, uh, I think we can talk about some hockey, huh? Absolutely. Let's get to it. <laughs> all right. Well, so... Like I said before, the Blackhawks are 3-0 and since the last time we recorded. Um, they didn't play against uh, very good teams. They played against the Buffalo Sabres, the Arizona Coyotes, and the Florida Panthers, which are three of the bottom-dwelling teams in the NHL. So, uh, like we said last uh, last week, I mean, uh, so what, the Blackhawks are probably going to come in there and win a couple games, 3-1, to 4-2, to something like that. 
and everyone's going to proclaim that the Blackhawks are fixed, right? Pretty much. And that's what exactly what's been, what's going on right now. Um, people are uh, kind of uh, viewing this mirage from a distance that, uh, you know, the palm trees and the, the pool of water while we're in the, <laughs> you know, the sand, you know, we're, we're all, we're all thirsty. We're all tired. We're all starting to hallucinate a little bit. And uh, we see this little mirage that was created by the Blackhawks winning, you know, a close game against the Buffalo Sabres, who, who, you know, while they have talent, are one of the bottom teams in the NHL and, uh, you know, winning a 3-1 against the Arizona Coyotes, which they had to come back in like the third period to basically, you know, have a good third period to win that game. And uh, against the Florida Panthers, they almost let that one slip away as well and uh, took that game to overtime. And uh, I, I mean, I'm going I'm to be quite honest about this. If uh, Corey Crawford hadn't been back for these games and, and they were, you know, really relying on Forsberg, uh, I don't know that they would have won all three games. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. Um, I mean, Crawford was was pretty good in all those games. Uh, you know, um, I, I think you got to. You know, I'm, listen, they won all three games. Um, they they had some some good um, things happen in some of the games, but then you got to look at it and say these are at least two of the teams were basically the worst teams in their conference. Um, you know, that the Hawks were playing at home um, and against one of those teams and against Florida, which is kind of a middling out of the playoffs team, at least at this point, they had to go to OT, um, you know, to win those games. I, you know, I, I still feel like um, some good things happened. I mean, especially the last game against Florida, they got all their offensive production out of their top two lines. The Taves line uh, with uh, DeBrincat, uh has started to look pretty good. Um, yeah. Where he seems to be integrating nicely with Taves inside, and that is only a good thing. Um, I think I just think it's too early to to sort of start, uh, you know, running around screaming that the Hawks are fixed and and one goal and let's let's get ready for the playoffs. I mean, I I want to see these next three games against uh, I believe it's Winnipeg, Minnesota, and Dallas. Two of the three on the road. Um, Winnipeg's a real good team this year. I've had a chance to see them in person. Um, you know, Dallas um, is, is, is pretty good. Minnesota, they've had a little bit of a rough start this year, but um, I think that, uh, you know, there's there's certainly some good things about them and still. And uh, I don't know what the status is with um, Parise, whether he's back or not. I remember the last time they played, I think Parise was out. I think he's um, still out. So I, I want to see how they play these three games, especially with, with uh, the road games involved. And, uh um, you know, then, then we, you know, we can reassess, yeah. um, see where they're at. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, you know, they have, they, they have two of three on the road and they just played three at home. Um, you know, three against those teams that we mentioned earlier. And then they have two of three on the road, which is at Winnipeg, um, at Dallas. And then, uh, they're going to play Minnesota at home, which is the only home game they have left for the remainder of the year. But, you know, Minnesota, you know, Minnesota can give them a hard time. Uh, Minnesota usually plays them pretty pretty tough even if they lose they play them pretty tough and then uh you know the 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 four remaining games for the end of the year are uh, the devils at the devils at vancouver at edmonton and at calgary now you know vancouver and edmonton you know are are what they are edmonton's struggling even though they've got a lot of talent they're kind of a lot like uh a lot like buffalo where you know they were expected to do much more with the talent that they have and they're not 
but that doesn't mean that they're not a dangerous team. Uh, Calgary's a pretty good team. Vancouver is a young team rebuilding. Uh, I, I, you know, give me these seven games uh, on the road. It's going to be hard because, you know, we, we haven't brought it up yet, but, um, you know, Cody Franzen got put on IR today. And Jan Ruda got hurt yesterday, got, got a kabong, and uh, ended up in the locker room getting uh, getting uh, concussion protocol. So we don't know how long he's going to be out. I mean, we know he's going to be out the next game for sure because he didn't even travel with the team. But uh, they, they he's hurt enough so that they they made a couple of moves and brought Philly Polka up. So um, the, the defense is going to be a lot more thin than uh, they have been lately. And, and, and the defense was actually one of the more solid parts of the team. So yeah. That's gonna that's gonna cause a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of problems on the back end, um, hey oh, <laughs> and uh, you know that it's good to see though that you know like you said, uh, DeBrinket is uh, actually playing in the top six where he probably should be, and uh, he's actually playing well there, so that's good. Again, it's good for everyone. Yeah. Uh, that the, the second line, um, or, or you know, we saw Saad and Taves score yesterday, and uh, Kane scored, which is that's all good news because you need. Again, we brought that up last week, which was their best players, their big money players, have to be their best players, and yesterday they were. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, what What do you think? Uh, what do you think about going? What's going on on defense here with uh, Franzen out, who's basically playing top pair minutes. And uh, Ruda, who is maybe the unsung hero on defense all year long, both probably not playing against one of the young, fast teams in the NHL on uh, tomorrow night. Um. Yeah, I, and I, <laughs> I don't think Polka is going to necessarily be the answer there because um, historically, his his the big concern about him has been how well he handles speed. Um, coming at him, so. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, they've they've got uh, with Ruda out and Franson out, um, you know, that's two of their right side guys. Um, they could always flip uh, Murphy back over, um, but then they still pretty much need a right side guy. So um, I guess um, you know, Polka probably will draw in, and uh, they'll see how he does. Yeah, I mean, I, you got to think he's going to be heavily, heavily sheltered. Yeah, um, you know, based on just his experience and you, you know. I, I wrote it today in the in the piece, and I I just put a short blurb out there about what's going on. Like, it's it's not it's not uh, any big shock to anyone that like you know he he doesn't seem to be a favorite of Quenville in the pro staff. Um, he's no. been passed over several times for chances, and uh, now they're just like stuck because uh, maybe you know Gustafson was going to be the next guy in line, but he's hurt, and uh, you know yeah. your next choice is what Snuggerud. I don't know that they're yeah. ready to go to that level yet. Um, yeah, or Dahlstrom maybe. I think Dahlstrom's a right side guy too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but he's but big maybe, and slow, I so I don't know that they want to even go, you know, big and slow either. So, yeah. Um. Well, I I think you know I I think he has promise, but um, you know maybe that I'm just trying to I'm trying to get in their head and and, and imagine why they're they went the route they did. But yeah. uh, maybe you know you you kind of brought it up uh, somewhere I saw where uh, maybe this is kind of a showcase for Polka. You know, you never know. I and and um, <laughs> you know, the, the there are some people who don't think that showcasing happens. It does happen. I mean, 
a team will uh, will be talking to another team about a player, and um, you know they will uh, they'll want to see that player in certain situations. And I I don't think Polk has ever actually played a regular season game for the Hawks. I think he's only played in in exhibition, um, if I'm not mistaken. And um, so that's possible. But it seems like you know you know Ruta. <laughs> You know, Ruta looked like he'd gone 15 rounds with Joe Frazier when he got up the other night, and, and you know, my first thought was, okay, he's going in the he's going in the dark room for a while, and um, you know, I, I'm not sure how bad uh, Franson's injury actually is, but he's now been out, I think, what two games, and uh, um, yeah, Osterley's been in for two, yeah, yeah, and so Franson is gonna, you know, Franson's gone on IR. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm guessing, and that, that's the other thing. If you flip Murphy back over to the right, um, then I think you got to put Kempney in on the left, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that may be. Um, I didn't really, yeah. I didn't really yeah, analyze he, that he, part of it, but he, yeah. Seabrook, uh, Forsling, Murphy, uh, Polka, and um, Osterle, I believe, and and Osterle. So yeah. maybe Kempney doesn't play. Maybe Osterle stays in. Um, or they play Osterley on the right and uh, they play Kempney with him, which quite honestly, you know, unless Polka's improved quite a bit, I'd kind of rather see Kempney in than, than Polka. I would person. too. And, and you were, you were uh, entirely correct about uh, Polka. He has not played a regular season NHL game in his career. So yeah. his, his, his first this year will be his first in the NHL. Yeah. So if we see if we see Kempney in there, then we know basically Ke- the poke has been brought up as a, as just a depth seventh guy until somebody gets healthy. Um, if we see Kemp, if we see Poka play, then yeah, it's possible. I mean, because that's the other thing that uh, we've been hearing, um, and I've been hearing this um, all season really from from a source in Rockford that there have been quite a few um, scouts there, uh, especially the last couple of weeks, couple three weeks. Um, the Buffalo Sabres have had scouts there a couple of times, including, I believe, their director of pro scouting has been there um, on one occasion. And uh, I was told that there was a group there last night that uh, people were trying to sort of, uh, you know, figure out who they were. Nobody was able to do so. They were being very coy about it. Um, as a matter of fact, I think one of our one of our friends from the chat, her son actually went and um, tried to ask them who they were and they kind of laughed at him and wouldn't tell him. And uh, so, um, there's, so yeah, there's definitely um, some, some activity among scouts at rock for checking some stuff out, you know, and if a team, let's say for example, just sort of war game it out. If a team were interested in polka or the Hawks were, were trying to dangle polka to somebody, you know, somebody may say, I'd really like to see him play at the NHL level because they haven't, they haven't seen him. Um, you know, then, and there's, there is a difference and there's a speed difference between the AHL and the NHL. So you never know. Um, this could be part of that, but it seems like with the injuries, it's pretty, it's pretty clear that, that he's being brought up, um, you know, to be that in that six, seven role until somebody gets healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you on that. Uh, you know, at first I said, you know, Billy Polka, why? But then when you, when you, when you actually analyze what was available, um, to bring up, he was really the only option. So. Right. Right. I mean, Gustafson, if he were healthy, would, would have been the obvious choice For because sure. he's uh bum slinging down there. And um, he's also a guy who can play both right or, or left side, too. Um, but I, you know, but since there's an injury there, that's probably why he's not coming up. Yeah. And if you're if you're looking at, you know, someone who's got experience, there's no one that has NHL experience down there uh, other than Victor Svedberg. But 
I think that yeah. ship has kind of sailed. I don't think he's an. I don't. I don't think he's an option any longer. So. Yeah, I mean, again, if there were injuries on the left side, you know, he might be a guy that they would bring up um, as as a depth guy. But uh, yeah, probably not uh, somebody they're really looking at developing long term now. You never know, but yeah, pro- probably not. So in uh, in kind of better news, somewhat better, somewhat worse. Um, Corey Crawford's back. We mentioned that, right? You know, um, uh, we didn't know how long he was going to be out. We didn't know how long we were going to have to worry about, you know, Anton Forsberg and, and the JF Ruby show. Uh, but he's back, and he doesn't seem to have missed a beat at all. Uh, he looks nope. really good in, in all three games that he's played. The bad news, JF Ruby was sent down to Rockford and then got hurt. And it looks like it could be a, I'm not going to say a serious injury, but it could keep him out for a significant period of time, of time, uh, which could be, uh, at least uh, Jeremy Colton said it could be weeks. So we, you're, you're thinking two to three uh, to a month at least. So uh, uh, <clears throat> what actually happened was Baruby was playing and Glass was on the bench. Baruby got hurt, had to be helped off, was not able to put any weight on his uh, on his leg. That's uh, not good. Yeah. Jeff Glass had to come out and finish, but they need uh, the, the Rockford needs a backup to sit on the bench just in case something were to happen to glass. Uh, it just so happens that Colin Delia uh, had not been sent back down to Indy yet. He was actually a healthy scratch for the night. So he was uh, in the building. Uh, he actually had to come down and get dressed between the second and third period and uh, actually came out on the ice for the third period to uh, back up Jeff glass. So I think that's going to be your, uh, that's going to be your duo for a while for Rockford night. Uh, yeah. I don't expect Jeff Glass to play every single game. I, I he's a 32 year old journeyman goalie. I think that um, you kind of have to get Delia a game or two if it's going to be three four weeks. Yeah, um, and that's probably what'll happen. You know, the AHL they have those you know three game back to backs. Yeah, right. So yeah, you're gonna Delia's if, especially if they have one of those in there. During that time period, Adelia is definitely going to get a game or two. Yeah, and, and and considering you know the the crazy travel he's been doing, and you know tra- training with the uh, the the Ice Hogs during the week, and then going back to Indy on the weekend, and and then he wasn't even playing in Indy because the goalies ahead, you know, the other goalies that had been with the team all week were playing better, or you know their numbers were showing much better, and they were getting better. You know, so the the coach was sticking with him. Can't really blame him for sticking with the hot hand. And, right. Uh, so Delia was kind of in a, in a in a state of limbo. Uh, so now now maybe he gets you know a chance to to relax, train with the team all week long, play with the team on the weekends, possibly get a game here or there. Um, so I, I you know we'll see how that goes. Uh, yep. You know, only time will tell. Um, I think. Uh, let's see. I mean. Uh, what else do we have as far as concerns with this team? I mean, the power play still looks pretty bad. Um, they they had one power play yesterday where they kind of moved the puck a little bit better, yep. but not considerably better. <laughs> I mean, you got to look at who they're playing against. Uh, I don't know that it's going to yeah. e- equally as good against Winnipeg or, you know. A yeah, I mean, they, they they were moving the puck a little faster. They were, um, you know, I liked actually the five that they had out there. They had um, on, on, on one of the units, it was uh, Anisimov parked in front of the net, Taves and Kane, um, 
you know, Taves was sort of moving around. He was he was going from the goal line out into the slot. And then, you know, Kane was sort of over there on the right half board where he always is. And then they had Keith and Seabrook up top. And, um, I mean, th- that seemed to be probably the best puck movement I've seen all year. It's not like the Russian five, you know? Yeah, right. I mean, I just don't think you have a lot of really good intuitive power play guys on this team, period. Um, and that's part of the problem. Um, you know, but they but they were getting it up top. Um Florida was really collapsing, so that that was allowing the 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 point guys to get a lot of penetration, uh, you know, before they got their shots off. You know, Keith and Seabrook missed the net most of the time, <laughs> but uh, but they were they had a lot of good pressure and they came close. Um, they didn't score, but they actually there was one particular shift where um, that unit I thought did a really nice job, and and uh, you know if they're able to to replicate that against other teams, they're going to get some goals. Um, and they have to, I mean, you know, I, I said on Twitter today that a team with a power play like this, if it makes the playoffs is not going to go far in the playoffs. And, you know, I got some responses like, well, you know, Columbus's power play is worse and they're going to the playoffs. Well, yeah, they are going to the playoffs because their, their record is a lot better than the Hawks. And right. so they are going to the playoffs. And, um, I was shocked to see that they're only clip, uh, converting at 9%, but, you know, I don't know what the deal is, and it's funny because I, I get to see them play a lot. And, uh, you know, their power play last year was outstanding. And I have a feeling, you know, part of it is I know Atkinson's been hurt, and, and that's probably hurt their power play quite a bit. Um, I, I just have a feeling that their power play is going to be just fine um, by April because um, it was really, really good last year. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, and you can't hide the fact that the Hawk power play is just not good. And uh, like I said, they were they looked a little better last night. They're, I like you know Anisimov when he's out there. You know he he just he makes a difference just because he, he's so big and he and he takes up so much space in front of the goalie. And um, he's also good at going and, and grabbing loose pucks. Um, it's just it's sort of the rest of the unit where they just I don't know they just don't seem to intuitively understand how to use movement to uh, to maximize that man advantage. Yeah, and it's funny you bring up Anisimov. I was just thinking about this yesterday. I was listening on the radio to uh, Troy Murray and uh, during the pregame. I was on my way home, and uh, Troy Murray's talking about uh, you know Arman Anisimov, and he's he had 13 goals, and talking about that. And they're like, yeah, but he's only got like three assists. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you're really you know splitting hairs here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's leading the team in goal scoring, like just accept it and be happy about it. I mean, I know we're the purveyors of doom and gloom here, but, um, <laughs> that's pretty much our niche. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, for Christ's sake, I mean, Artem Anisimov's got 13 goals, like just accept it and be happy with it. Like he's your second line center. He's big, he's slow, but he, he's got 13 goals for your team. Complaining about him only having three assists. I mean, ah, uh, that's like shouting at the rain to me. I, it, yeah. like I'm, I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, Troy, Troy, come on, man. Like, there's so many things you can criticize this team about. Criticizing yeah. the guy who leads the team in scoring because he only has three assists, com- you know, compared to his 13 goals, that's just silliness. I mean, I can't I can't get on board for that. So. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of his goals have been very timely big goals, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I have Vaps. And, you know, the other thing is, is I, I'm not, I haven't looked at the stats lately, but as of, I think, 10 days ago, two weeks ago, he was like 49% for the year in faceoffs, mm-hmm. which is like a career high for him. And, you know, if he can sort of stay there, like at least sniffing uh, 
That's huge um, because, you know, historically he's been like a 44, 45% guy. Um, and, you know, he's, he's one of those, you know, prime faceoff options on, on the, on the penalty kill and, and on the power play. Um, so, you know, I have, I have absolutely zero. I mean, he started the year pretty slow and he looked like crap. He was playing on the third line. Um, then, you know, he just started scoring every night. And, um, you know, ever since then he's been great. Sod's been great. Um, you know, there, so there, there are some good things happening to Brinkhead continues to get better. I mean, that pass that he set up Sod with last night, I mean, that was a beauty. I mean, just so nifty and just so quick. I mean, the recognition in his hands, getting that puck there. Um, and, uh, I, you know, kind of hit Sod in, in the butt of his stick, but, it, you know, well enough that he was able to get it past the goalie. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some good things happening. Um, they just... Like I said, they got to get the power play going, um, and um, that that seems to be the big thing. I mean, if they could just convert, I don't know, if they could get closer to twenty percent, I think you know that you're looking at maybe another goal a night, and that's a big deal in the NHL. That's a big deal, especially for them. I mean, look at uh, yeah, you know, three other two of their last three games were one goal games, went in overtime. Yeah. I mean, that could make yeah. a big difference. Uh, you know, when 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 you're a team that's you know, basically hovering around wild card status. You never know when they're not even, they're not even there yet. I I, I, I know, but they're, they're kind of hanging around there in that area. But um, I know you, uh, you brought up the, the, we we were kind of talking about the power play and um, I'm going to work a question in here uh, because uh, this actually has to do with the power play. And it's actually from a new person who sent an email and it's uh, John Longmire sent it in and he, he was a late addition to this. Um, Basically, he just said Kane he had a quote last week. This is we have awesome entries and then pass the puck uh, going the other way. It feels like a bag skate out there. The key being he actually said that uh, they have awesome entries, which he goes, huh, question mark. <laughs> going back to the National Series, their entries have sucked, which I completely agree with. Their entries have not been good, which have been, have been one of the major problems of their power play is not being able to get the entries. Um. He said similarly, uh, moving on, he said similarly, their five-on-five entries still oftentimes utilize the carry the puck over the line and curl to the wall above the circles. This has been scouted ad nauseum to where teams keep the D-man and a third forward high, expecting to keep the back pass from the Hawks forward to the Hawks D or Hawks trailing forward. Now even Kane isn't given much space on this play. Other teams have been bun-rushing Kane when he hasn't had the puck on the wall. Uh, Taze seems to be spending... Half of every shift on his ass now. He, he gets a cross check or a push in the back, small of the back from every opposing D man. Uh, what happened to his leg strength? Um, the last part here was for all the talk about the fourth line, Bowman turns the puck over and fails to clear the Hawks' blue line at least two, three times a game. For some reason, he makes soft plays in that area and he looks, uh, he can positively, uh, he can look positively awkward on the wall. Uh, basically says, love the rink. P.S. Can you guys do a feature on the biggest Homer announcers, i.e., most painful to listen to? His li- oh, his, we could do that. His were the Ducks, the Avs, and the Sharks. Uh, that would take me a little bit of time to uh, to actually list that out. But John Longmire, thank you very much. This was an excellent email, well thought out. I really appreciate you taking the time to type this out uh, for for our dumbasses. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you got anything to say John, on that? Uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I say you got anything to say on uh, what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was gonna say, John, please, uh, please shoot us shoot us questions anytime because you you fit right in around here. Um, 
Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The comment about the zone entries. I mean, that, that kind of made me laugh too. I mean, their zone entries on the power play are just dreadful, you know? And, um, Sometimes, you know, even though it's unglamorous, I think they, they should just resort to, you know, and Anisimov actually said it, power play is just, you know, get the puck deep, go get the puck and, and, and put the puck on net, you know, and, and um, sometimes it's just that simple. And it's, it's, it's a willingness to go and, and chase the puck down and, and win those 50-50 pucks. Um, sure, if you, can, if you can make a clean zone entry and get set up and find an opportunity off of that, you know, like Bob always talks about attacking in layers. If you can get that late coming player who's not covered, especially when you have a man advantage, um, you know, that that's nice too. But I, I again, it's that the inability to, to, to get in the zone and set up with this team is just maddening at times. And I, I think part of it's, it's also a confidence issue and the other team picks up on it. Their penalty killers are so aggressive against the Hawks because they're so predictable. Um, you know, so yes, totally agreed. Um, let's see, what else was he touching on? Um, Taves. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I heard that he sustained a back injury during the world cup on uh, the summer of 2016. It really slowed him down the first half of last year. He started feeling better toward the end of the year. Um, you know, but that, that comment about leg strength, he, and we've talked about it. He does not look like the same player anymore for the last couple of years. Uh, it does appear that a lot of guys have been targeting his back with cross checks in the lower back. Um, that certainly bears watching. I just, he does not seem to have um, quite as much strength on his skates as he used to have. And um, you know, quite as much burst um, skating as he used to have. Uh but he was, you know, he looked pretty good last night, and he has he has games and, and periods where he looks pretty good. But I think I think that's valid as well. Balma, yeah, I mean, you, you you know, that's what you get with Lance Balma. You're gonna he's gonna block shots, he's gonna finish checks, um, he can occasionally jump in and complement a play with with skilled players and and score a goal himself. But he's also gonna make bonehead plays. That's that's been his career. Um, so I, I think that's, that's the gist of what I remember from John's question. And, and yeah, those were all good comments. Yep. Boom. Nailed it. Yeah. So, uh, um, I mean, uh, well, I mean, we, we've had three games, so I think we've pretty much covered a lot of, uh, you know, at least the Blackhawks stuff right now. Um, we do have some questions that we'll actually dig back more, you know, into the Blackhawks actually kind of more into your expertise, which is the, the trades behind the behind the uh scenes rumors stuff like that so uh uh let's get right into the question so we can actually spend a little bit of quality time on it um the first was from rusty topple uh he sent this in earlier this week but i i I put it up here and he said for your next podcast what about stan trading host's contract two prospects like highmore and sakura and uh one of the following draft picks uh, first round in 18 or 19 or second round in 19 for Mike Hoffman of Ottawa contract is a wash with hoses and gives the Hawks another top six left wing. What do you think? Uh, wow. <laughs> um, it's very creative. Um, I think it's very <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause essentially for Ottawa, you're trading, you're trading a known asset, you know, who still has, you know, some tread on the tire and, and some years ahead of them. And, um, for, um, a future like a Sakura or a, and, or a Highmore. And, you know, 
I'm not a big I'm not a big believer that late late first round NHL draft picks are necessarily you know worth their weight in gold. I mean, sometimes you hit on those guys and sometimes you don't. And sometimes the guy you draft in the middle of the second round is every bit as good as that guy that gets taken at 20th or 25th in the first round. It kind of depends on the draft year and and um, you know just just sort of the luck of the draw because you know in in hockey like baseball you're drafting kids who are 17 years old. And, um, you know, they're, you're not going to see them in the pros for at least a couple of years and maybe more. And, and a lot can happen, um, you know, unlike, say, uh, the NFL, where kids are usually typically at least 20 years old when they when they get drafted. And sometimes they're 21, 22, 23. And they're, they're just it's a safer bet in terms of what you're drafting and what you're going to get, on you know, on the field. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's really creative. I I think that. um you know, the other issue is, is I think Hose has got like three years left on his contract. And even though the salary is, I think, like a million dollars a year, the cap hit, I think, is five point two five million. Yeah. So that's not like something you throw into a deal to just sort of make the dollars work. Um, you know, for the other team, that's taken on a gigantic cap hit that's dead because um, he's not going to play again. So right. uh, I'm not sure the logistics of that are very good. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, in order to sort of, if they're ever going to trade that cap hit, they're going to have to package something with it and, and, you know, basically bribe somebody to take take the cap hit off their hands. Yeah. So, I, I Rusty, I, I applaud the creativity, but I feel like in terms of, you know, in, in, in the real world, I'm not sure a deal like that gets done. Yeah. Um, and and I, honestly, uh, I was just listening to a podcast this week. I believe it was, uh, I think it was the Biscuit podcast uh uh with uh down goes brown and uh they spent an extended period of time talking about ottawa and the situations going on there uh with eric carlson and all this other stuff and uh so i can't believe they would trade him i carlson i can't i just can't believe they would trade him well i I think from what they're saying at least is that um they don't like the they're not a cap team even though they're getting close to it right now they they don't spend to the cap uh so this would put them up over the edge they have some people like bobby ryan who's going to be around for a while at a at a decent clip uh matt duchene now uh he's got two years but you know if they were to resign they're going to either have to let him go or give him more than the six million dollars that he's making now uh the you know hoffman they were talking about uh he's at he, he's almost making hosa money basically Broussard's five million. Uh, it, well, that's Broussard at five million is is something I could, I could lose. I mean, honestly, I would lose any of those guys before I would lose Eric Carlson. Personally. Yeah. Well, I I think the only way they're they're going to trade him is if they don't see uh, a way of signing him. Yeah. If they're you, you know, know that if, one, and that's you know yeah that's that sometimes that's that's the issue. I mean, if Carlson wants out. Then uh, yeah, you got it. Then you get a king's ransom for him because he's a he's a great player. And, and if you're going to trade him, you're going to have to do it this year because you know then next year is is his actual contract year, and then he's really a rental. Uh, and yeah. then and then what you're going to get back? I mean, if you're going to get anything close to full value, or you know anything even in the ballpark of of full value, yeah. um, you're going to have to do it now to a yeah. team that needs that. That needs that excellent top tier defenseman at a reasonable number to just push him over the edge, uh, and is like, willing to like give up something. Edmonton, sure. Edmonton's had a rough start this year, but you know they have a lot of talent up front, and you know 
it'd be interesting. I mean, and this is purely speculation, but you know, sending a guy like Adam Larson along with obviously some other asset or assets to get a guy like Carlson in there, that could be interesting. I mean, you, you hate to lose Larson, but um, Carlson's a special player. Yeah. And then you've got like uh, Mark Stone's going to be an RFA. Uh, I've seen uh, people asking about him. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, the, the team's not doing well. Uh, they've, they've got some salary on the books. They may decide to break it down a little bit, or they may not. I don't know. Um, the other thing I wonder, too, is, you know, it's, has Guy Boucher reached his expiration date? Because he's one of those guys that I think kind of does do that. Like, you know, <laughs> there comes a point that the players kind of tune him out. And, uh, you know, a, a case in point, it's sort of a, a smaller case. But, you know, Tommy Wingles got traded up there, got in Boucher's doghouse right away, basically got stapled to the bench and, you know, people started, you know, that was sort of the metric when, when the Hawks signed Wingles, everybody's like, well, he's a bum. Couldn't play in Ottawa. Boucher didn't like him. Wingles has been pretty good for the Hawks. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I'm not just saying that because, because um, of any, you know, Chicago connections with him and he, he grew up playing hockey with my nephew and, and, but I mean, he's been good. Um, yeah. For and, sure. uh, so I I, th- I just wonder sometimes I wonder also if it isn't you know the issues they're having up there um, you know might have something to do with Guy Boucher as well I mean because he's notoriously hard on players that especially if he doesn't like them yeah yeah um, and it's funny you mentioned that um, I don't I don't know if you saw the tweet and this is why you brought this up but um, a, a report out of Ottawa today um, I don't remember who said it, but it was pretty recently uh, said that Pierre Dorian, uh, the, the GM there, uh, specifically said that uh, Guy Boucher is not on the hot seat. He has the, yeah. he has the GM's uh, vote of approval for at least the end of the year. So it, yeah. take that for what it is. Sometimes well, that's the again, kiss of death. I mean, if, it, if, if you know, Carlson wanting out has anything to do with Guy Boucher, um, I don't know. I mean... Sometimes, you know, um, I, I tend to I tend to, to hate it when the players turn on the coach and start playing prima donna and, and you know, the coach has got to die because of the players. But, um, you know, Carlson's kind of proven himself. And again, I mean, you know, Guy Boucher is a guy who always comes in. It seems like the first couple of years his teams do fabulously. And then all of a sudden it just goes south. And yeah. I, I wonder if that's kind of playing out here. I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, that was a good question. Um, move on a little bit. Uh, Bears underscore Blackhawk uh, goes also by Johnny Utah on Twitter. Um, if the Blackhawks continue down this road, what point do they start looking to rebuild and trade assets for the future while they still have a lot of value? Well, we kind of, um, I mean, th- this one, Zoe asked a question. Zoe from Hansonville, Illinois. Uh, <laughs> our boy. Zoe from the 312 podcast. Uh, who do you guys yeah, see as actual so, tradable? Well, on I this? say Zoe, buddy. Remember the scene, Godfather 2, when <laughs> Michael said to Fredo, you broke you broke my heart. You broke my heart, Zoe. And you remember what happened to Fredo, okay? <laughs> You're going to scare the poor guy. Yeah, uh, you you were mentioning. I'm I I'm going to actually. I love. I'm going to get. Yeah. I love. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to guess tomorrow on the three one two. I'm going to have my second appearance to equal your second appearance on the the three one two. True. So, so I have to remember that. I have to. I have to take that. I have to bear that in, into account. And I'm just teasing, Zoe. Yeah. I'm having some fun with them. Yeah. So uh, t- uh, you'll you'll have double dose of gatekeeper this week. So that may be a good or bad thing. You may want to cover your ears, but. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, as far as like, uh, and then and then Ken Kallenbach, who's got the best contracts for other than ELC for guys who could possibly move in or out. These are all tied in together, kind of a little bit. When do they when do they decide to start rebuilding? I don't think they would do it this year. It would, it, I think Stan has has made it known that he's not gonna he doesn't make many big trades during the season. He he does all all of his big deals in the off season. Um, that's that's just my you know, off the top of my head, uh, thought on that. So if they're going to do it, it's going to well, be the off season. Maybe not this year. Maybe that it just depends on how they, you know, how they finish, but. Well, I'll say this. <clears throat> I mean, I had a, I had a piece this week that, that addressed this. Uh, it was called to buy or to sell, I think. And, um, you know, if, if they decide that they want to sort of, continue this sort of mini rebuild that they did over the summer and, and do it in a more meaningful way. Um, I would argue that the time to do it is at the trading deadline because that's, that's really a seller's market at the trading deadline. Right. Teams are going to line up and overpay for guys. That's what happens every year and look no further than a lot of the trades that the Hawks made um, in 2014, 2015, 2016, which, you know, a lot of people looked at and said, man, those were big overpays. But, you know, for a team that was expected to, to contend for a cup, um, those were trades they had to make. The, like the Vermette trade in 2015, that worked out pretty darn well. Um, the uh, Ladd and uh, Weiss and Fleischman deals in 2016, not so much. Um, so, the, so if you put the shoe on the other foot and the Hawks are saying, you know, um, we, we're out of a playoff spot. Uh, we've got our core is getting older. Uh, they're not performing. Uh, you know, maybe now we get really serious about, about, you know, really rebuilding here. Well, uh, the trade deadline might be the time that might be the place to do it. I mean, but for me, the, the thing that I, that, that I think keeps them from doing it is it really requires an acknowledgement then that you're going to, you're going to kind of take a step back in order to take two steps forward. And, I don't know how well this fan base is going to is going to receive that. Um, and and then the other issue with that, and I think we've talked about it e- even here on the Ringcast, is that you know if you do that, it sends a signal to your corporate sponsors and your corporate ticket purchasers that you know the Hawks are not going to be the red hot item you know that they have been for the last ten years. They're gonna they're gonna sort of go a little dark for a couple of years in order to rebuild. I I really would be interested to see if this organization you know, has the, the, what they call the temerity to do that. Um, <laughs> you know, or are, are they going to go the Detroit route where they do sort of a slow slide to the middle of the pack, you know, holding on to their, their old core as it gets like, you know, into the, the their onto social security, you know, um, I have a feeling they're going to go more that route because, you know, the Hawks are masters of marketing and spin and, and they'll, they'll keep spinning it that, you know, Taser's coming back this year and Kaner and, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll keep trying to make make that uh, that belief last. But, um, you know, we talked about it, I think um, that mm-hmm. the um, the sort of the drop off in some of those core players has happened fast and maybe faster than they anticipated, you know. Um, and uh, so I don't know. I don't know if they're. I don't see them being sellers. It's possible. What I think is more likely is Bowman's not going to really do anything at the deadline. He's not going to be a buyer or a seller because we've talked about the buyer scenario too. Um, you know, why, why would you mortgage the future and have to, and have to overpay in a, in a seller's market, you know, for, for one guy on an expiring contract 
who's going to make you a slightly better team, but still not really good enough to go very far in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if they, if, if they really turn it around here and they, they, they really start, they really get on fire and a lot of things start clicking for them. Um, then, you know, I think the possibility of them being a buyer at the deadline becomes much, much greater where they look at it and they go, yeah, adding one key guy could really make this a long playoff run. I don't think we're there yet. No, and I'm not sure we're going to be there this year. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. Nailed it. So uh, we had one uh, question from Brainsprain. He, he, he was uh, in our little uh, chat. Uh, actually, it was two questions, but they kind of all meld in together. Root is a UFA at the end of the season. He's a top four D-man for the Hawks, being UFA. What could we expect his cap hit and term to be in the next contract? Uh, and then also watching the games lately, it appears that Forsling is actually the Blackhawks' number one D-man. I don't think people are appreciating his growth. He's an RFA at the end of the season. Do you think his next contract could be four or five million range? Um, the Ruta thing and the Forsling thing are kind of different because of the age. Uh the RFA gives the team a lot, most of the leverage. Yeah. Uh, being a UFA gives the player more of the leverage. So yeah, it does. Yeah, you're going to um, see Ruda. Ruda could command some money. He could see some offers from other teams. Forsling's kind of stuck with the Blackhawks because people don't. As much as the threat of the offer sheet is out there, teams don't offer sheet other players. They just don't. And and if they do, it's for Shea Weber. It's not for Gustav Forsling. You know. So, well, you know, the, I, I think let's, but let's go back a couple of years to Saad in 2015. Um, my information was, is that at least two teams were preparing offer sheets for him and um, that Bowman had to deal him because he knew that he was going to lose him. Um, and uh, would they, but, you know, is, is Forsling, um, you know, what Saad was then, I, I don't know. I mean, and I don't know if he's the Hawks' number one defenseman. I, you know, as much as we, we, we like to bust on Duncan Keith, Duncan Keith is, is still a really good player. Yeah, um, yeah I think so too. And and I, I really think that, you know, all things being equal, I think Duncan Keith is still the Hawks' number one defenseman without question. And um, But fortunately, you know, he's he's definitely coming along. And, and he's like, like Ruta, He's, you know, making strides every game and uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying watching him play and watching, you know, what he's becoming. Um, and, you know, it's, but you're right. I mean, as an RFA, the Hawks have have most of the leverage with him. I doubt anybody's going to offer sheet him. Um, it just it, he just doesn't seem quite at that sort of level yet where, where some, a team would do that. Because, again, you've got to, you know, it depends on, as I recall, um I know it was this way with the last CBA, and I think it still is this way, that you know, if the Hawks make a significant enough qualifying offer, it therefore means that for a team to to get him, the Hawks receive a certain amount of compensation um, that you know tends to discourage those, um, yeah. in terms of draft picks, tends to discourage a, a, um, a uh, offer sheet. I, but I think what the Hawks will try to do with him is what they wanted to do with Saad, is they wanted to do a bridge deal. Yeah. to get him to his next next contract, which would be his UFA contract. And, um, I, you know, I'm guessing a bridge deal for him is going to be in the, the 2 to $3 million range and maybe the high $2 million range. Um, Ruda, on the other hand, as a, as a UFA, um, you know, he's, he's a guy also who has really quickly acclimated to North America. He is a great skater. Um, and he, you know, he's, he seems to think the game pretty well too. Yeah. He's very um, smart. Yeah. So, I mean, 
again, I'm not sure who his agent is. Um, I know a lot of the Czech players are represented by Alan Walsh. Um, and, you know, Walsh is not the kind of guy who's going to, I think, give the Hawks a hometown discount. Um, so, I, but I'm not sure it's Walsh, um, but it might be. Um, but, you know, Ruda, um, I could, you know, I could see another team um, looking at him and, and seeing him on their second pair and thinking he's worth three, three and a half million dollars, you know. And yeah. that's that starts to get for the Hawks. It gets a little challenging because they have other players to sign this summer. Yeah, right. And and Ruda, and just to be clear, uh, Ruda is a UFA this summer. Uh, Gustav yeah. Forsling still has another year left here till right. he's an RFA. So they right. the Blackhawks still have Forsling under control for a little while. I wouldn't yeah. worry about him just yet. But um, Ruda, yeah, uh, you know, of all the the the, the defensemen uh, next summer, yeah, I mean, uh, Kempney, Franzen, and Ruda are all up. I mean, you you definitely want. Ruta back if you can get him at a at a reasonable clip, but uh, you know we'll see if that can yeah. happen. I mean, we we did see I did see a report this uh, this week that you know uh, the cap could go up significantly, but we've heard that a million times. Yeah, you know it's it's seventy five million right now. Uh, I uh, you know I saw a report that it could be as high as eighty two million, which is a seven million dollar you know. Seven million dollar yeah. year raise, which is they don't you know they've been going up a million million and a half every year, so that's pretty significant. But um, then I also did see reports saying that you know they want to keep uh, escrow down, so they want to keep you know and maybe it won't be as much. But even if it's four million, that's pretty significant compared to the past couple of years. So uh, the Blackhawks could luck out, and I'm not saying they're going to, but they could luck out. They still have people like Ryan Hartman that they're going to need to take care of. John Hayden's going to be up this summer. Um, Vinny Hinestroza, if if he matters to people, so you know, I mean, I I, I know he matters I to some people. They also, I think they also need to, you know, just remember that when Dylan Sakura saves the franchise, they're going to have to pay him ten million dollars a year too. So <laughs> yeah, when he comes in, he's he's going to win rookie of the year with the final three weeks of the season. That's what he's going to do. So fans, if you're out there, uh, make sure and be watching those Dylan Sakura YouTube's because you know John McDonough is and. Uh, just look what it did for Drew LeBlanc. <laughs> um, Excellent. You know, I I, I kid because you know, I mean, secure. There's a lot of there's a lot of buzz around him, and and uh, scouts are very high in him. Um, but you know, again, I mean, we've we've certainly beaten this horse to death. But you know, that comment that Bowman made that he's the big trade deadline acquisition. It's like, you know, fans understand what that means. That means that that. Bowman's almost admitting we're we're heading to a rebuild, if that's the case, and, and that he he can't he doesn't have the assets to be able to bring in enough back to make right. you know any kind of significant uh, change. So yeah. everyone put all your hope into the you know the college kid who's never set ice, you know who's never skated a shift in the NHL. Yeah, we're gonna go back to that again. So um, I mean, he's a good player. I like what I've seen of him, but you know. I'm never going to, unless it's Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel, who's a sure thing, slam dunk, I am never going to expect some kid to come out of junior or come out of college right away. And I don't care what Alex DeBrinkett's doing right now. You, it, I don't care. Um, I'm not going to expect them to come right out and, and be able to, you know, be plugged right into the top six, especially, you know, a player that they got that far down the draft. There's a reason, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, you know, to break it, you know, his, his his trajectory is a little bit like Sod's was, 
Um, the, the one difference is that Sod had that half half season in the AHL uh, before he came he came up. But they, you know, both when they came up, they had a you know a fifteen to twenty five game adjust adjustment period, um, and then all of a sudden something clicked. And um, you know, I, I'm a believer in Debrinket. I you know, in addition to the obvious skill, I, I he seems to have a really good attitude, and it seems to, to be a a pretty good kid with a with a good head in his shoulders and and uh you know i i you know i salute him for what he's done I, and and i yeah. you know i yeah, like you i had my doubts at first for sure but i don't have an issue with him but you know i mean um in some ways you know coming up from the ncaa is is um, in some ways harder than the ohl just because you know in the ncaa's they're wearing full cages and um you know i've seen some some tape of secure where you know, he's going into the slot and doing things and doing things around the around the net where I guarantee you in the NHL, he would get knocked on his butt and and hard. Um, you know, and you could talk about a guy like John Hayden coming in and making that adjustment. But John Hayden is physically a man. I mean, he is a tough hombre. I mean, he's a tough kid. And, um, you know, he's built like a brick, you know, what house. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, secure weighs like 175 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, you can't just, you can't say, well, this guy did it. So that guy, so that guy can do it. Um, you know, maybe, uh, but there's also for every guy who comes up and he ma- who makes those big leaps, there are so many who don't right away. Yeah. So many guys who need some time in the AHL need to get used to pro hockey, the physicality of it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a, t- it's a tough game. Um, so yeah, I mean, Whatever, I, I put no stock in that. You know, Secure's yeah. probably going to be a decent player someday, but I mean, yeah, let's let's give him a little time. Don't, yeah, don't drink the Kool Aid, please. If you listen yeah. to us, please just yeah, listen to us. Laugh, laugh about, laugh it off right now. Don't put all your hope into Dylan Secure rescuing the franchise with, with the final three weeks of the season, because um, you're likely to be disappointed. Uh, he, you know. And that's not saying he's not going to turn out to be a good player, just that he's not going to step right in and make a huge difference. So um, speaking of Debrinket, um, we have a new, another new question asker. And uh, this is the last, the last questions that came in. I, I want to make sure that, that I get this on there um, because Alex underscore doctor underscore uh, sent in a couple questions. Uh, the first one was, uh, you know, who do you see the Hawks trading for? And I can't think we talked about that ad nauseum. And, uh, but the second thing was, does bring, does Debrinket, the cat, El Gato, uh, have a chance to be uh, the Calder winner. Uh, is Debrinket also someone you expect the Hawks to keep around for years to come? I'll start with the second part, and I'll give you my opinion. Uh, is is Debrinket someone they expect to keep around? I'm thinking at this point in time, you have very little uh, to showcase for the future. It is promising. Uh, it, we know how McDonough likes to market people and, and give that. Well, Given Debrinket's success and what he's done and how the fan base has kind of latched on to him, I got to think they're going to want to do their best to keep him around uh, and, and you know use him as a building block uh, for the future. Uh, as far as the, the the Calder goes, sure, anything can happen. I highly highly doubt it. There's people. There are more high profile people out there right now, uh, but they could certainly fall off. But as of right now, he's probably like I, I think fifth, maybe in the race he may get some votes pull a christopher steeg like uh you know get a couple of votes there but uh you know i i think he's gonna i i don't think he's gonna stay as hot as he is i think he's gonna level off a little bit but you know he's he's i i still i i wouldn't be surprised if he continues to produce and at a decent normal clip but uh 
like I said, I, I think there's going to probably be some some higher profile people like Clayton Keller or things like that. Because Clayton Keller is going to get all the ice time because that team's terrible. So you're yeah. going to see a lot of him. Uh, with the Blackhawks, yeah. you've got people ahead of Dabrinkit who, you know, like it or not, are going to, you know, uh, Patrick Kane's going to play ahead of Alex Dabrinkit. Like, you know, th- there's things like that that are going to happen. So he's not going to get, you know, all the top-notch uh, ice time. He's going to get some good ice time, just not all of it. So that's that's my just my opinion. Um, I don't know. What what say you, sir? Um, I'm, I'm going to go little Johnny Sunshine here. Um, I, well, first of all, I agree with you 100%. I think he's he's going to be a fixture here. Um, for a while, uh, I, I personally, again, I, I think that um, just watching him play and watching how he's playing and, and the confidence he's gaining in the pro game, um, it's really exciting. And he, you know, he's he's like Panarin in that. Um, in addition to having a great shot, you know, a right-handed shot on the left wing, like Panarin, um, he's also uh, he's a, he's a he's a pretty good passer. Um, he's he's got some setup ability and. Um, Again, I, there's there's something about his attitude and his 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 commitment that I really like. Um, you know, we used to joke about he how he was getting you know ragdolled in the corners, and and that still happens sometimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. But he keeps getting up, you know, and uh, you know, good for him. I mean, yeah, I I, I think he's going to be around a long time. And I think that uh, there's 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 some really good years ahead of uh, ahead for him in the Hawks sweater. Um, as far as the Calder. Uh, I actually think he could win it. I mean, especially if, if Pierre Maguire is covering a lot of Hawk games between now and when the voting takes place, because <laughs> I mean, he was pumping his tires like nobody's business. The last time uh, the sport NBC sports network did a Hawks game. And I guess the, I am joking, but at the same time, um, Chicago is such a big media market. The Hawks are on national TV so much. Um, it seems like, you know, when the Hawks have a guy contending for award, that 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 the writers are voting on that that uh, they you know, they they usually do pretty well and and so I think he's a contender definitely for the Calder. All that said, just speaking for myself, I don't care whether he wins the Calder. I really don't. Um, means nothing to me. Yeah. Uh, I I'm more interested in you know how this team plays um, on the ice this year and then you know what what the future of the franchise is, which I think he's part of. And, um, you know, I know that those individual honors mat- matter to um, to players. They matter to agents, um, you know, it, any incentives that come with that in their contracts. But to fans, I wouldn't care. I, I really would not care whether they want a you know, a Calder or not. Um, you know, I, I think I think maybe we've gotten spoiled. I know I've gotten spoiled, but I mean, I, I don't want to see. Um, this era of Blackhawk hockey being three three cups. I want four, you know? Oh, we and all do. Yeah, four, for sure. I want five. And yeah. um, is that going to happen? I don't know. Um, it, it could be another 20 years before the Hawks sniff another cup. That's that's also possible. But uh, I think, you know, in order to get there, you're, you're going to need young guys like to break it, more young guys like that, guys like Forsling, who are really potentially, um, you know, very, very high-level talents, and let's go find some more of those guys and, 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 you know, get this thing going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. So there you go. We disagree. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Mild disagree. Yeah. 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 We, we, we usually agree on most things. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's it. I think we've covered just about everything for this week. Um, you got anything else really that, uh, you want to bring up? Um, 
No, we've talked about the writers. Um, uh, we are, well, I guess I can bring this up. Okay. I, I think um, we are getting close to getting our message boards up. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to s- promise anything specific as far as timing because I'd be speaking for you. Um, but uh, those are coming soon. And we're, and a lot of people are, are excited about that. And we are too. Um, I, I think that at that point, we're going to really start take a huge step toward being the, you know, the, the full, full-fledged hockey community that, that we've envisioned. Um, I, you know, when I was over at Hockey Buzz, we had uh, really great discussions uh, on those threads. You know, sometimes we'd get as many as a thousand comments on one article. Um, and uh, it was a place that guys would, or guys and, and ladies, many ladies, um, would hey, come ladies. and, and um, share <laughs> hockey um uh, knowledge and, and, and thoughts. And, um, you know, it, it really, really was a, was a great thing. And we're going to, I think when we get our boards going at the rink, we're going to, this, the same thing's going to happen. And, uh, um, so that's, that's a really exciting step forward for us. And, and that's coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I can speak for myself with this. Uh, uh, I, every time that we get, you know, an email or a request about the, the message boards of the commenting system, trust me, it eats me up inside. Uh, we, we just wanted to be able to get content out there to all the fans. Uh, so we, we, we kind of did a soft launch with the way things are right now. But uh, uh, we will have a commenting commenting slash message board system. And uh, well, you'll definitely be seeing more and more features coming down the road. So that's part of the nice part of, of, of having a lot of control um, is um, you and I can make these decisions. Um, and... and, and and we've been given the power to make these sorts of decisions on, on what would be best for the environment. So, yes, we've been given that power by our corporate sponsors in the Trump organization. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, one other thing. Oh, geez. Um, our puckhockey.com sponsors, yes. they are hard at work on the rink uh, clothing, clothing and accessories line. Um, and I, I'm not being facetious. This, this is actually a real thing. Yes. Um, it's coming soon. I know we've been talking uh, about it, but yes, it is for sure coming soon. Yep. It's soon to be seen at, uh, at an arena near you. And Gabe and I have been, um, you know, beating around um, an idea to uh, sort of engage our rink rats um, in, uh, in, in the apparel line and, um, you know, sort of incentivize people to, to, to go out and get it and wear it. And, uh, um, you know, create some opportunities for people to uh, to be more a part of the site and, um, you know, um, incent- and incentivize people to do that. And I can't really go into much more detail on that because it involves some other things. But uh, um, it uh, it's it's really going to be exciting once once that gets going. And when we're we're obviously very excited about it, we can't wait to see the designs. I mean, if you've ever been over to their site and seen the custom lines that they've de- designed for Snoop Dogg, and for a lot of uh, a lot of bands, uh, <laughs> you know, um, for a lot of bands, for a lot of players. I mean, Marion Hosa has his own custom line there. I, I know you guys have heard me talk about that. Um, you know, uh, Freddie Anderson, Hampus Lindholm, Tomas Tatar, um, a few other players. Um, and uh, they, they just they have some great designers, uh, really, really um, creative, fun um, great taste. And, uh, so we're, we're really excited about that. That's coming soon. I mean, that could be dropping here before the end of this month. Um, we're very hopeful about the message boards as well. Yeah. So, uh, absolutely. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's an exciting time. Yeah. And, uh, 
And to piggyback onto what you're saying about the puckhockey.com, and that's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com, discount code, discount code the rink for any current stuff that they have right now. But you can also use that for the gear that we will be uh, releasing in the future. Uh, feel free to let them know that you're excited about the new gear that's coming out. Uh, you know, they don't mind you, uh, you know, quote unquote harassing them because it's not harassing them. You know, go over there, check their stuff out. Let them know how excited they are. We have great fan base. And uh, I think we have a pretty loyal fan base. And, and it, it, you'll let them know that you're excited. Uh, you're, you're ready for this. You know, you're ready for this stuff. It's not bugging them. It's not bugging us. They want to know. And we want to know how excited you are, you know, about, about the stuff coming out. And I know I'm really excited. So, um, you know, this is, this is, you know, light years beyond what, you know, the kind of stuff that I was able to offer, you know, in my old gig and your old gig. Um, this is like quality stuff and I'm super excited about seeing this. I'm super excited about getting some, you know, wearing it out. Um, yeah, it's right up my alley. It's right up your alley. I know it is up your alley because you were wearing their stuff already. Um, I have, you know, and I was shopping there as well. So, you know, good stuff. Um, that's, that's not even, (laughs) that's not even a prepared for commercial. That's just off the top of our head. That's how we truly feel about all this stuff. So, uh, we're very excited. Um, for the new year, for everything. And, uh, and I think that kind of, you know, that, that kind of brings us to the end of this, this, uh, episode seven. So, uh, you could, again, you could find all of our stuff on uh, our wonderful content, all of our wonderful content at www.the-rank.com. Uh, that's message boards and all coming soon. Uh, you can find us on all the popular social medias, whatever social media you use. Um, the Instagram, the Twitter, and the Facebook is at the Rink Official. Uh, also on the Twitters, we have the Rinkcast account, uh, which just gives you you know the the podcast information. Uh, I Gatekeeper, uh, the burrito as big as your head athlete. Uh, I am at Puck and Hostel. You sir, the Krispy Kreme athlete of this podcast. That's right. Uh, you are at Jekyll, J A E C K E L. Uh, I mentioned it in in the uh, the beginning, but if you get a chance, please head over to iTunes, rate and review us. Even if you only rate us, just give us, you know, three stars, four stars, five stars, whatever you feel is appropriate. I'm not going to pressure you to do anything more than you feel is appropriate. If you'd like to type in a review, we can now see all of them. If you're overseas, you know, I know we have some fans over in South Africa, and I'm not being facetious about it. We do have fans over in South Africa and Brazil and, uh, you know, in Sweden. Europe, yeah, Sweden, and, and all over in Europe. We, we, I know for a fact, I do see that we have fans uh, from all those places. So if you do feel free to leave a review, I can see them all. I will, uh, point them out. I will read them on the air. You deserve to have the recognition for taking the time out of your day to do that for us. And we really appreciate it. So, uh, I don't have any more plugs other than, um, I just did want to bring up again the one, the, the one thing that I brought up last week. A friend of mine, his son has fallen ill. Um, his, they have a GoFundMe. Uh, the link is actually on the website. Uh, it'll be under the podcast uh, banner. But um, if you don't go to the site, you can actually go to www.gofundme.com slash Jack Garcia Medical Fund. It, it's just how it sounds. You can go there if you want to give a couple dollars. Uh, it's a giving season. Um you know they would greatly appreciate it this is just something nice for a family who um you know is coming up on some hard times um you got any other plugs or anything you'd like to uh 
I do not. Um, we will probably do our next ringcast um, around this time next week, which I will agree. put us at. Um, let's see, today is what the fourth, the thirteenth, or fourteenth, yeah. So that'll put us right before the uh, Christmas holiday, mm-hmm. um, and uh, then we'll probably do another one um, uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's, and hopefully at that point we'll have uh, much more to to tell you and and possibly to. Um, you know, discuss as far as the actual implementation of our message board comment system and uh, the clothing line. So, yes. um, listen for that the next couple of the next couple of uh, recasts. Um, that's about it. Okay, great. Uh, so that being said, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next week, see you on the rink. <laughs>